Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, so nice to have this opportunity to join with you. I am back from the Camino adventure, which was so good. So nice to be in person with the wonderful folks who participate in the Power of Love ministry and some of their friends. What a blessing just to be together. I love it so much. We had a great, great time. (laughs) And I'm glad to be back and to be in a, a mode of creativity and divine expression uh, in this form. Very glad. So let's begin with a prayer, placing our hand on our heart. We partner up. We recognize the Christ within. We recognize that higher Holy Spirit self. We recognize the angels, Jesus, the ascended masters, and all the company of heaven that walk with us and talk with us all the time. We're recognizing that great willingness to remember we are that higher Holy Spirit self. We are the love of God. We are the peace of God. We are the joy of God now and forever. And there is no separation. So grateful to allow ourselves to fully know the truth. We're valuing the truth. And we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Well, our topic today is Jesus and Christ. And what I got pointed to for us is from the clarification of terms. And chapter five is about Jesus and Christ. So let's take a look at that and see what we're being taught reminded of. And by the way, I say this on a fairly regular basis. For those who are new to the course, I do recommend reading the Manual for Teachers and the Clarification of Terms first before tackling the workbook or the text. I find that the manual for teachers and the clarification of terms are simpler to understand, more direct than the workbook and the text. So that's my recommendation if you're interested. (laughs) And so we are looking here in chapter five of the manual for teachers. I mean, the clarification of terms and It's entitled Jesus-Christ. It says, There is no need for help to enter heaven, for you have never left. But there is need for help beyond yourself, as you are circumscribed by false beliefs of your identity. 
which God alone established in reality. Helpers are given you in many forms, although upon the altar they are one. Beyond each one there is a thought of God. And this will never change. But they have names which differ for a time, for time needs symbols, being itself unreal. Their names are legion, but we will not go beyond the names the Course itself employs. God does not help because he knows no need. But God creates all helpers of his son while he believes his fantasies are true. So while we believe our fantasies are true, God provides all these helpers for us. Thank God for them, for they will lead you home. The name of Jesus is the name of one who was a man, but saw the face of Christ in all his brothers and remembered God. So he became identified with Christ, a man no longer, but at one with God. The man was an illusion, for he seemed to be a separate being, walking by himself within a body that appeared to hold his self from self, as all illusions do. Yet who can save unless he sees illusions and then identifies them as what they are? Jesus remains a savior because he saw the false without accepting it as true. And Christ needed Jesus' form that he might appear to men and save them from their own illusions. So here's here I'm going to read it as it's written, and then I'm going to make a couple little substitutions for clarity here. Jesus remains a savior because Jesus saw the false without accepting it as true. And Christ needed Jesus' form that Christ might appear to men and save them from their own illusions. So I have added a couple clarifiers there for the he's and so we know which he's we're thinking of here when we're not actually seeing it with our eyes. Who can save unless they see illusions and then identify them as what they are? Jesus remains a savior because Jesus saw the false without accepting it as true. And Christ needed Jesus' form that Jesus, rather, the Christ, might appear to men and save them from their own illusions. In Jesus' complete identification with the Christ, the perfect Son of God, Christ is the perfect Son of God, that's what they're saying here, Christ's one creation and Christ's happiness forever like himself, Christ's self, and one with him, with Christ. Jesus became what all of you must be. He led the way, Jesus led the way for you to follow Jesus. Jesus leads you back to God because Jesus saw the road before 
him. And Jesus followed it. Jesus made a clear distinction, still obscure to you, between the false and true. Jesus offered you a final demonstration that it is impossible to kill God's son, nor can Jesus' life in any way be changed by sin and evil, malice, fear, or death. And therefore, all your sins have been forgiven because they carried no effects at all. And so they were but dreams. Arise with Jesus, who showed you this because you owe Jesus this, who shared your dreams that they might be dispelled and shares them still to be at one with you. So Jesus, what some would call the avatar of the Piscean age, is still with us. Master Saint Germain is the avatar of the Aquarian age, which we are now in. This is the new age, the Aquarian age. Piscean age is the old age (laughs) in this context. Now, of course, the miracles aren't saying those things, but just affirming that Jesus is here in our experience, wherever here might be in our mind, in the illusion, to demonstrate, to comfort, to lead, to guide, to teach. And Jesus attained the Christ, had a full realization of Christ, and walked in this world as the Christ, demonstrating the Christ. And therefore, all your sins have been forgiven because they carried no effects at all. So, effects, the law of cause and effect, so our thoughts are creating or generating, making an effect in this world, but because this world is an illusion, all our sins have been forgiven because they carry no effects at all. And if we think about that prayer at the end of chapter 5 in the text, where I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. We are putting these teachings together to understand that the things we do and don't do that are unhelpful, negative, fearful, there's no permanent effect. It's a temporary effect within the illusion and therefore in reality with a capital R no effect at all. So this is one of the most challenging teachings of A Course in Miracles, is to realize that the things that we think have been done to us, it only is an experience in the illusion to teach us, and there's no permanent effect. If we can mentally accept that there is no permanent effect, but just a temporary experience within the illusion, 
our mind can begin to unhook from the attachment of right and wrong, good and bad, and all the judgments that go with that type of thinking. So this is what is being brought to our attention here. All your sins have been forgiven because they carried no effects at all. And so they were but dreams. Arise with him who showed you this. So arise with Christ, right? Christ is risen. Arise with Christ who showed you this because you owe him this who shared your dreams that they might be dispelled and shares them still to be at one with you. Is he the Christ? He being Jesus. Oh yes, along with you. Jesus' little life on earth was not enough to teach the mighty lesson that he learned for all of you. Jesus will remain with you to lead you from the hell you made to God. And when you join your will with Jesus's, your sight will be his vision. For the eyes of Christ are shared. Walking with Jesus is just as natural as walking with a brother whom you knew since you were born. For such indeed he is. Some bitter idols have been made of him who would be only brother to the world. Forgive Jesus your illusions and behold how dear a brother he would be to you. For Jesus will set your mind at rest at last and carry it with you unto God. Wow! Wow! How wonderful is that? Yes! Oh my goodness, to me it's so wonderful to be able to recognize that not only are we entitled to miracles, but we're entitled to this level of mighty companionship. So let us accept it, let us allow it, let us welcome it into our experience. Now, we often are looking to reinforce separation and one of the ways we do it is we don't reach out we don't reach up to that higher holy spirit self to the christ within to jesus the avatar and i so appreciate in a course of miracles this distinction that is made of jesus the person who walked the earth and Jesus, our teacher in the course. It goes on. Is Jesus God's only helper? No, indeed. For Christ takes many forms with different names until their oneness can be recognized. But Jesus is, for you, the bearer of Christ's single message of the love of God. You need no other. It is possible to read his words and benefit from them without accepting him into your life. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They read the Bible, they read A Course in Miracles, but they don't accept the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Jesus. They 
They don't, ex and this was me for sure. I didn't understand the distinction. I really, for so many years, thought that studying the teachings was the same as living them. It was the same as accepting them into my heart. And when I realized, oh no, I've been reading and studying for so many years without truly accepting and allowing into my heart, into my mind, and that there's a true and real difference. That was such a, a wonderful realization because I could make that turn, I could make that change, and now fully accept these teachings into my life and heart. And that was a big change for me. I, I know that I talk about this in regard to my programs, such as Masterful Living, which registration will be opening soon for that. And we've got bonuses if you're interested in joining next year, I encourage you to register as soon as registration opens so you get the maximum load of bonuses. But um, so many people are drawn into Masterful Living because, like me, they were studying the teachings without living them, without truly embodying them, embracing them, applying them. So... Here's what it says in this clarification of terms, section 5. Christ takes many forms with different names until their oneness can be recognized. But Jesus is for you the bearer of Christ's single message of the love of God. You need no other. It is possible to read Jesus' words and benefit from them without accepting Jesus into your life. Yet, Jesus would help you yet a little more if you will share your pains and joys with him and leave them both to find the peace of God. Yet still, it is Jesus' lesson most of all that he would have you learn and it is this. There is no death because the Son of God is like his Father. Nothing you can do can change eternal love. Forget your dreams of sin and guilt and come with me instead to share the resurrection of God's Son and bring with you all those whom God has sent to you to care for as I care for you you. Mm, so beautiful. So beautiful. There is no death because the Son of God is like his Father. So the Son of God is all humanity and we are like our Creator. Nothing we can do can change eternal love. Nothing we can do can change eternal love. We can't ruin anything except within the dream, within the illusion. Forget your dreams of sin and guilt and come with me instead to share the resurrection of God's Son and bring with you all those whom God has sent to you to care for 
as I care for you. So when we bring our mind to the Christ, when we bring our heart to Jesus and say, walk with me and talk with me, teach me, help me to remember, help me to be willing. When we're engaged in that relationship, then everyone that has been given to us to care for, everyone that we have any connection with in our human experience, all are lifted and shifted when we have this kind of willingness. One of my personal favorite quotes comes from Chapter 7, Section 3, Paragraph 1, and it's the section entitled "Reality: The Reality of the Kingdom. Jesus says, When I said, I am with you always, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation because I am always with you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And that quote comes in this context, which I've, I just love. The Holy Spirit teaches one lesson. So this is the whole paragraph one. The Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. Being conflict-free, the Holy Spirit maximizes all efforts and all results by teaching the power of the kingdom of God himself the Holy Spirit teaches you that all power is yours. Its application does not matter. It is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. Referring to the power. So, by teaching the power of the kingdom of God himself, the Holy Spirit teaches you that all power is yours. Its application does not matter. The power is always maximal. God's power is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish this power as yours, but it does enable to you to use this power always and in all ways. When I said, I am with you always, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation. Because I am always with you, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning. So this is one of the constant lessons of the Course, is that everything that's good, everything that's enjoyable is meant to be shared. The joy is meant to be shared. The goodness Prosperity, abundance, yes, of course, to be shared. Love and joy and wholeness, yes, to be shared. Freedom, creativity, beauty, yes, to be shared. To have, give all to all. 
Now, just accepting that Jesus is always with us is very conflicting for some people because they do think of themselves as a sinner and they do think of their behavior as sinful at times. And so when that's the case, people feel shame because many people are behaving in obsessive compulsive ways and I used to do that too and I had a tremendous amount of shame and the way that I was able to transform that to heal it to release it and to experience something different was through really developing compassion and of course self-forgiveness so that's why I'm so dedicated to teaching self-forgiveness as a method of healing. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so I, I would just like to mention before I go to a break here that we've got so many wonderful op- offerings at the Power of Love Ministry. And we have coming up in November, the Forgiveness Retreat. It's in upstate New York. It's four days with me, three nights, and it's so wonderful to come together and do the healing work in person. People are always amazed at how much lightness of being, how much joy they can unleash. People are carrying burdens they don't even know about. So let's do this healing work together, and then if you like, you can combine it with my Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive, which is open to anyone. Alan Cohen is partnering with me this year, and he's going to teach one of the sessions. We're going to have such a good healing time. Just want to make sure you know you are invited. All the details at jenniferhadley.com. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. Thank you for returning. And so in the first half, we talked about Jesus, the Christ, and now the Holy Spirit. So in the clarification of terms, the next chapter six or section six is entitled The Holy Spirit. And I believe I did an episode about this some time ago, years ago, because, gosh, it's been 12, 13 years I've been doing this podcast. So um, there's going to be some uh, repetition. But let's put this in here. So here it begins with, Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit whom he called down upon the earth after he ascended into heaven or became completely identified with the Christ, the Son of God, as he created him. That's what it says. So Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus called down upon the earth after Jesus ascended into heaven or became completely identified with the Christ. And the 
what it's saying here is the Christ is the Son of God as God created him. The Christ is the Son of God as God created the Christ. The Holy Spirit, being a creation of the one creator, God, creating with God and in God's likeness or spirit, is eternal and has never changed. I'm going to read that again. The Holy Spirit, being a creation of God, the one creator, creating with God and in God's likeness or spirit, is eternal and has never changed. The Holy Spirit was called down upon the earth in the sense that it was now possible to accept the Holy Spirit and to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. The Holy Spirit is the voice for God and has therefore taken form. This form is not the Holy Spirit's reality, which God alone knows along with Christ, God's real son, who is part of God. So we're part of God. And so we know, we know what God knows. This form of the Holy Spirit's voice is not the Holy Spirit's reality, which God alone knows, along with Christ, God's real Son, who is part of God. So, everyone knows it when we know ourselves as Christ. The Holy Spirit is described throughout the Course as giving us the answer to the separation and bringing the plan of the Atonement to us establishing our particular part in it and showing us exactly what it is. The Holy Spirit has established Jesus as the leader in carrying out God's plan, the Holy Spirit's plan. Since Jesus was the first to complete his own part perfectly, all power in heaven and earth is therefore given Jesus and he will share it with you when you have completed yours. The atonement principle was given to the Holy Spirit long before Jesus set it in motion. The Holy Spirit is described as the remaining communication link between God and his separated sons. In order to fulfill this special function, the Holy Spirit has assumed a dual function. The Holy Spirit knows because he is part of God. The Holy Spirit is part of God. Holy Spirit perceives because Holy Spirit was sent to save humanity. Holy Spirit is the great correction principle, the bringer of true perception, the inherent power of the vision of Christ. Holy Spirit is the light in which the forgiven world is perceived, in which the face of Christ alone is seen. Holy Spirit never forgets the Creator or God's creation. Holy Spirit never forgets the Son of God. Holy Spirit never forgets you. And Holy Spirit brings the love of your Father to you 
in an eternal shining that will never be obliterated because God has put it there. One of the things I cherish about A Course in Miracles is over and over and over and over and over again, we are reminded that our holiness is intact, that we are already as holy as holy can be, that everything has been given to us. Nothing has been withheld. So even though we're experiencing all this lack and limitation, it's not real. It's what we believe. It's what we think is true. And yet it's not true. So we experience it because we believe it's true, not because it's true. Consistently, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, we experience the teachings of Jesus. It is done unto you as you believe. It is done unto you as you believe. So we believe that we're separate from the good and therefore we experience feeling separate from the good, feeling separate from the abundance, the prosperity, the wholeness, the clarity, the creativity, the wisdom, the beauty, the love, the love, the love. It's not true, but because we believe it's true, that's our experience. The Holy Spirit is the great correction principle, the bringer of true perception, the inherent power of the vision of Christ. So that being the case, let us go to the Holy Spirit and say, I welcome all corrections. I welcome all corrections. I ask for the maximum level of assistance in recognizing my stinking thinking and being corrected with love, ease, grace, and clarity. I'm interested in true perception. Bring it, right? It says here, the Holy Spirit is the bringer of true perception. Holy Spirit, bring me true perception. Let me no longer be deluded by my thoughts. Let me see what's real, what's true. I'm willing to value the truth. The Holy Spirit never forgets the Son of God. The Holy Spirit never forgets you. And the Holy Spirit brings the love of your Father to you as an eternal shining that will never be obliterated because God has put it there. The Holy Spirit abides in the part of your mind that is part of the Christ mind. The Holy Spirit represents yourself and your Creator who are one. So think about that. The Holy Spirit abides in your mind, in the part of your mind that is part of the Christ mind. The Holy Spirit abides there. Some may not be familiar with the word abides. The Holy Spirit abides in the part of your mind that is part of the Christ mind. So to abide is to uh, wait for, to, to abide is to be 
so willing, so persistent, so enduring, so awaiting, uh, so accepting. So the Holy Spirit's not judging, not complaining, and not withholding. The Holy Spirit abides in the part of your mind that is part of the Christ mind. The Holy Spirit represents yourself with a capital S and your creator who are one. The Holy Spirit speaks for God and also for you being joined with both. So we are part of God. So we're just as holy as God is. And that's why I say we're already as holy as holy can be. We can't become more holy. There's nothing for us to do or to release in order to become more holy. We're already fully as holy as we can be. The only thing for us is to remember the truth and value the truth and to forget the stories that we've made up. Holy Spirit speaks for God and also for you being joined with both. And therefore, it is the Holy Spirit who proves that God and us, we, me, are one. Holy Spirit is the one who proves that we are one. Holy Spirit seems to be a voice, for in that form, Holy Spirit speaks God's word to you. Holy Spirit seems to be a guide through a far country, but you need that form of help. Holy Spirit seems to be whatever meets the needs you think you have. But the Holy Spirit is not deceived when you perceive yourself entrapped in needs you do not have. It is from these Holy Spirit would deliver you. It is from these that Holy Spirit would make you safe. So we couldn't have a better friend <laughs> than the Holy Spirit. So let's just rely on the Holy Spirit day in and day out, night and day, all the time. Let us fully and completely rely on that higher wisdom, that voice for God. You are the Holy Spirit's manifestation in this world. Your brother calls you to be the Holy Spirit's voice along with him. Alone, your brother cannot be the helper of God's Son, for your brother alone is functionless. But joined with you, your brother is the shining Savior of the world whose part in its redemption you have made complete. Your brother offers thanks to you as well as him, for you arose with him when he began to save the world. And you will be with him when time is over, and no trace remains of dreams of spite in which you dance to death's in melody. For in its place, the hymn to God is heard a little while, and then the voice is gone, no longer to take form, but return to the eternal formlessness of God. So, the Holy Spirit 
is our best friend. <laughs> and we don't rely on the Holy Spirit enough. That's my experience. We don't partner up enough. We still are so, we could say, addicted to or compelled by ego identification to reinforce the separation day after day after day. So there's no big or small in God. And so why not just go to the Holy Spirit for everything, all manner of clarity. And for me, it's not about telling the Holy Spirit what I want, like I'm ordering something from a store. No. Instead, it's assist me in living the truth, assist me in seeing and knowing and feeling and hearing and perceiving correctly. Help me to correct my errors in my thinking. Help me to be a loving presence. Help me to live a life without fear, only love, only joy and peace and harmony, completely and totally aligned with Christ's vision. This is what we can go to the Holy Spirit for, and we will receive more than we could ever imagine we would feel worthy of, and we will undo that deep sense of separation. So it's just a willingness that's required in order to make the shift and have a whole different experience of our life. The Holy Spirit abides in our mind, so how could we be separate from the Holy Spirit? We are not. So it's the recognition that we are not separate from the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is 100% of the time available to lead and guide us because it, it abides in our mind. I'm not trained to use that male pronoun, he abides in my mind. It abides in my mind. I think of God as a, an it, not a he. So it's recognizing we're already there. It's already been given. This is nothing more to ask for in terms of something additional. But instead, let us be willing to make great use of what we've already been given. And why? Why to lead a happy life, of course. To be able to be of assistance to our brothers and sisters, of course. To be that shining example of God's infinite love made manifest. This is our objective, right? Our function is to be the light of the world. And the Holy Spirit can absolutely lead, guide, and direct us there. If we're willing, if we don't feel worthy, we are going to rely upon our own ego-identified awareness. Now think about this. It says here that the Holy Spirit is the light in which the forgiven world is perceived in which the face of Christ alone is seen. And the Holy Spirit is in our mind. The Christ abides within us. So 
we're living in a time where there's horrific war in Israel, Gaza, Ukraine, and other places. People are deeply, intensely upset by it. People are deeply, intensely upset by political machinations in countries all over the world. And the utter cruelty and terrorism that routinely takes place and seems to, to many, to be getting worse. I'm not saying that that's what I believe, but for many, it seems to be getting worse. And the Holy Spirit is our Savior in this sense. The Holy Spirit is the one who is going to help us to see the forgiven world and to recognize it, to truly perceive it, and to see the face of Christ in our brothers and sisters. If we say that's what we'd like, why are we not going to the Holy Spirit for this? So I would say my success, if you will, in experiencing the truth, knowing the truth, and living the truth, it comes from being in this relationship with the Holy Spirit and the willingness to forgive the world and to see the world as forgiven and to recognize the Christ in myself and in everyone I meet. Now, is it a bit sticky sometimes? Yes, of course it is. Sometimes it takes a moment and still... The Holy Spirit is my go-to. And that's why I call it the higher Holy Spirit self. Because it's not separate from me or from anyone. And I'd like to recognize that higher wisdom, that Christ mind is in my awareness. And I can remove the blocks to love and know it fully. That's what I'm interested in. So that's how I'm operating. I'm invoking the Holy Spirit to do exactly what the Holy Spirit is designed to do, which is to help me. The Holy Spirit is described throughout the Course as giving us the answer to the separation and bringing the plan of the atonement to us, establishing our particular part in it and showing us exactly what it is like. So people are always wondering what their purpose is. And the purpose is to recognize the Christ within and within our brothers and sisters, to be the light of the world, to illuminate the darkness. This is our holy purpose. So we can do that while we're selling real estate. We can do that while we're baking pies. We can do that while we're raising children, we can do that while we are doing whatever it is we are doing. We can actively intend to shine the light of Christ and we can be interested, profoundly interested 
in seeing it, knowing it, feeling it. And why wouldn't we be? Why would it be a preference to instead hold on to the grievances, the shame, the blame, the regret, etc.? But see, this is what I go back to again and again. Reading books isn't healing. Studying spiritual texts isn't healing. I know so many people have been studying A Course in Miracles many, many, many more years than me. And they're still complaining. They've still got grievances. They're still attacking. And they're still unwilling. Now, of course, I I have my own experiences of grievances, attacks, and unwillingness, but less and less with every passing day. I'm amazed at how much healing has occurred in my mind already. And that's why I can't be quiet about this. So if we think that reading books is the answer and studying, even studying A Course in Miracles, I say this frequently, Rather than feeling like you need to study it and learn all of it, just pick one lesson and fully apply it and live it. So for me, when I first did that, the lesson was love holds no grievances. And then I began to take just different aspects of different lessons and really focus on living them, like I don't know what anything is for and what could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned for your good and you're never upset for the reason you think and you've given everything on this street, in this room, in this family, in this household, in this workplace, all the meaning that it has for you. So just taking a handful of these teachings and really applying them over and over again to every situation, just basically as the workbook instructs us to do. Don't, uh, it says all the time, don't um, or be indiscriminate about applying this lesson to everything you see today. Don't think it only applies to certain things. Be indiscriminate. Apply it to everything. So that's where I really started my Living a Course in Miracles journey was doing just that, applying these basic lessons so helpful to everything, everywhere, all at once, (laughs) to uh, refer to that movie. Yes, all right. I think that's about it for me. Let's place our hands on our heart and be grateful and thankful for the love of God that shines so brilliantly and beautiful with beautifully within each one of us. We're grateful for the love and care of the Holy Spirit. We welcome all insight and inspiration. Sharing the benefits with everyone, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen.